God. You want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No, 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 no. Um, my name is Dave Anthony. I'm here with Gary Reynolds. We Gareth, doing Gareth. A, it, the, my fucking name is Gareth. What, and we're doing something called a smallop? Yeah, and my name's Gareth. Gary, sometime <laughs> in 1820s France, uh-huh. a young couple named Bourglet had a son, Jules. It's very French right now. Bourglet. The Bourglet family occupied. Why don't you start saying Bourglet? The whole every, your tongue wants <laughs> to just, your tongue just wants to roll around. <laughs> the Bourglet family's occupation go. was woodcutting construction. I, I see nothing wrong with what we're doing so far here. They were lower middle class during a time when your social status was incredibly important. Your family's wealth could determine. Your entire future, what kind of job you would have, who you would marry, and if you could go to school. You're basically locked in. Okay. Young Jules Borglais met and fell in love with Miss Margaret Laron. Mm, a Laron. The daughter of a wealthy leather merchant. Sure, so it's just a woodcutter and a leather family <laughs> merging finally. <laughs> An excited Jules approached Margaret's father to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. Margaret's father was like, fuck no. Okay. Mostly due to the fact that Jules from, was from a lower class. It was almost like a pig asking to marry his daughter. A dirty fucking pig. Okay, easy. There's, I think you're getting a little or venomous. something of that nature. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's on record with Dirty, this. dirty, dirty. <laughs> he may pig. have actually been nicer and been in this situation than you. Yeah, right, pig. Fucking! You are got to roll around in the mud. You, you are fiercy and you eat slop. Fucking fucking pig! Eat your own sloppy pig. Looking at me, fucking dumbass! Stupid curly uh, tail. Jules and Margaret did not give up, but they pled, they begged. Jules had sit downs with the leather merchant, and eventually it was decided that Jules would be given the opportunity to work in the family leather business. Okay. All he had to do was figure out the trade, be successful, and then he'd be allowed to marry Margaret. How Easy. can it go wrong? Seems like a simple hurdle Easy. to hop over. Easy. Jules worked hard. Good. He took to the business and was quickly given more responsibilities. Okay? That's fine. That's things a good are, sign. Things are looking up. That's a good sign for Jules. One of those responsibilities was purchasing leather on the open market. In 1855, he made a large leather purchase. Then, in just a couple of days, the price of leather dropped by 40%. It was the 9 the, the leather crash? It was the 9 11 of leather. The le- <laughs> 9 11? <laughs> the price dropped to a new breakthrough in the tanning process. Before 1855, leather tanning had been done with tree bark and was very difficult work. Then the tanning industry discovered a chemical compound that could tan the leather in a lot less time, 
with a lot less physical effort. Jules was completely screwed. He had not been paying attention to the technology happenings in the industry. And because young Jules didn't have his eye on the technology breakthroughs, he was stuck with a bunch of leather that could only be sold at a loss. Or should I say Margaret's father's business was stuck with the leather? (laughs) Yeah, he's on the hook. Margaret's father's leather business was ruined. Oh, Jesus. So he's probably not marrying Margaret? (laughs) It's like he had a little task and he did not do well. Uh, Yeah, not good for the planning of the wedding. Uh, Jules was crushed. He was too ashamed to go back to his own family and just started wandering around Lyon, France. He just walked around homeless for two years. A local doctor took care of his basic needs, but one day, Jules disappeared from Lyon and was never seen in the city or the country again. Okay. He was missing for a few years. He was probably wandering around Europe, all sad and upset about leather prices. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking leather. In 1862, a man fitting his description showed up in the town of Harwinton, Connecticut. <laughs> you know, it's it's fitting his description that's telling. He was dressed in a crudely stitched leather outfit. <laughs> of course, head to toe leather. The leather man, covered in loser leather. <laughs> That's his name. He was called the Leather Man. Shut up! Shut the fuck He was called the Leather Man by those who encountered him. <laughs> I do love that feeling. <laughs> but I just... It's so absurd that my mind could connect to it. Immediately upon arriving, Jules began a 10 miles per day trek between the Connecticut and Hudson Rivers. In leather? From, <laughs> from Harrington, Connecticut, his route took him to Bristol, Forestville, Southington, Kensington, Berlin, Middleton, and south along the westerly side of the Connecticut River to the shore towns. He then traveled west to Westchester County <laughs> in New York. Yeah, he sounds like he's having a good time. Uh, coming within a few miles of the Hudson River, then back east of Connecticut. From Danbury, Connecticut, he went north to Milford, through Rexbury, Woodbury, Waterton, Plymouth, what? and back to Harrington. He did this in one month, 365 miles in a month. Holy shit. And then he walked the circle again and again. No. And again. Dave. And again. Dave. And again. Fuck. And over and oh, no. over no. and over. No. No. <laughs> no. No. People along his journey gave him handouts, but he didn't survive. Like pamphlets that were like, get your shit together. <laughs> Enough with the leather. Um, occasionally, he would be invited to sleep in someone's shed or barn. Hot. Uh, you know what? Barn would be good for you. Uh, you more of a barn. <laughs> What's the house look like? Uh, oh, the house is, the house is Looks like you not, guys have nice food in that house. The house is definitely not good Little for you. Little leather man would love to sleep in that house. Oh, I think you'll be good with the goats. Okay, the goats would be good, too. But Leatherman always chose to sleep outside or in one of his many caves along his journey circle. Oh, just I don't know caves in there it. without any question. It's his journey circle or his crazy loop or his sad circle, whatever it is. He's just, you can reach me by cave. He's just walking in a giant 365-mile circle. Sounds fine and good. The people along his journey were very curious about him and wanted to know where he came from. But Leatherman only spoke in grunts, broken French, or with gestures. 
He must now. Am I fair to assess that none of those are helpful in America? <laughs> really? He mostly communicated with what was described as a crude pantom- pantomime. A crude? Pantomime. I don't think those two have ever been combined. <laughs> pantomime by nature is sort of soft. Not the way this guy was. Hey, suck him out, dicky, fucking bitch. His leather suit made him look inhumanly large, <laughs> like a big leather Bigfoot. That's who you want doing the crude pantomime. <laughs> Big was, leather Bigfoot. <laughs> he was also extremely shy and would look people in the eyes. I, now, wandering vagrants were not surprising during this time. America was not in the greatest shape. There were land shortages, population growth, an unstable economy, industrialization, and westward migration stretched the country to the breaking point. Can you imagine that nightmare situation? <laughs> My God, <laughs> living in those conditions. <laughs> uh, this God created a large group of men who were just wandering around the country begging or looking for work. American folklore is filled with stories of them, especially hobos on trains. In the 1870s, local newspapers more and more frequently made the serious recommendation <laughs> by editors and letter writers that the solution to the tramp problem is either to give them poison food. Oh, my God. To kill them or take them out and shoot them. (laughs) How are those three options? You got three options. You can murder them, kill them, or kill them. (laughs) I I like that their plan was was their two their 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 three prong plan was different ways to do it. It's not if it should be done. You know what? We should actually call it one A B one A. You know what I mean? One A B C. I think that'll be a little easier. Okay, so you could give them poison food, which okay. Well, I don't want to kill them. You could take them out and shoot them in the back of the head. Sounds like they die. Or just hit them with a goddamn brick and break their fucking skull open. Okay, so your idea is just kill hobos. That's the. Those are our options. Fair. Dear Hartford Collar, a solution to the champ problem. Poison them and shoot them. Sincerely, Larry M. Brown. You're welcome. What made the Leatherman unusual in, is his incredible precision in his daily routine. For whatever reason, that endeared him to people. So the fact that he was coming, he would literally come around the circle and, and want every if he went to your house at four, three, 34 days ago, he was going to show up at four again 34 days later. Like He was this crazy, literally, like, what's known as OCD. <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> <clears throat> Obvious circle disorder. The, <laughs> uh, the eighteen eighty five Hartford Globe published in eighteen eighty five. The Hartford Globe published an article describing exactly how punctual the Leatherman was. For a hobo, he had a compulsively regular schedule over an enormous territory, and this means that on thirty four different nights, he slept in thirty four different places. After his schedule was printed in the 1885 paper, he became somewhat of a celebrity. Oh, God. He was written about in the New York Times and the New York Herald Tribune. Back then, the press was very competitive, and they will, they would sensationalize story to sell papers. Can you imagine <laughs> no, that? No, I mean, Can you this imagine sounds that? like a very different time again. <laughs> if you fed him and he enjoyed your hospitality, he would show up 34 days later at the same time looking for food again. How did he not think he was getting poison hobo food? <sighs> he just didn't. He just he was positive. Ha- glass half full kind of hobo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bowl of poison food half full. 
He would continue to come back every 34 days unless something frightened him away. <laughs> he's, he's like a fucking <laughs> stray cat. Don't startle him. The leather man. Oh, God, he saw a flash. Oh, God, Jesus That's Christ. That's the end you of the have, You might have blown the leather man for us. He arrived so regularly, families on the 34th day would have a meal prepared for him when he arrived. He would grunt or make appreciative gestures and then quickly move along to keep his tight schedule. Two generations of the same family would have known him. He walked for that long. So we're talking 30 years. Yeah. Like, now, kids, one day you're going to be feeding the leather man yourself. <laughs> you know how to do it now. Don't make any wild gestures or noises. Upon arriving for a meal, he would rap sharply with a stick on the door. When the owner opened the door, he would point to his mouth and grunt. Ugh. Well, isn't he delightful? <laughs> well, I think somebody's a little hungry. Can we keep him, Mommy? Can we keep him? <laughs> After a couple of visits, he wouldn't need to do that anymore. He was always served outside at a small table. Leatherman, he, so he had like, at like everybody's house, he had like his own patio restaurant. Good Lord. I mean, honestly, like this might be a fair trade at this point to just walk in circles and just get fed a bunch. <laughs> well, there go, you are again. I might just go that route. I Excuse me. I'm going to look at my calendar, but I do believe it's been 34 days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was not known to bathe regularly and wore the exact same leather outfit for decades. That breathes. So, like Jim Morrison. It breathes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we, who we've all known for a good smell, probably. <laughs> uh, after eating, he would be off. Sometimes he would bow. At Raiders, I love that. So, yeah. Good day. I'm an Asian leather man today. <laughs> oh, my God. Rain or snow, hinder wheat. Hinder wheat. Rain, yeah, or, snow. rain or snow, hinder wheat, just like the post office. <laughs> Eat or wind. He ate outside. Sometimes he'd take a doggy bag to go. He loved tobacco. Of course the leather man did. He made pipes out of pieces of tin and hollow reeds. His tobacco came from cigar stubs, and he would find <clears throat> along his route. So Yum. he was just picking up. We've like seen a, it. But he's a hobo, so that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, I, again, we've seen it. Yeah, the I'm hobo's not... creed. If it, that to me is not a problem with what's happening, <laughs> I'm fine with that wrinkle. He'd smoke when he set up his camp at night. Occasionally, a person would go and sit with him while he smoked. They wouldn't say a word. Boy, that's a good time. I dare you. I fucking dare you to go sit on the log next to the leather man. Can you imagine? Like how? Uh, why go there? Like. I'm gonna sit next to him, not yeah. look at him. Right That's now. why, because yeah. there was no TV. So what else are you gonna do? You're gonna Larry's gonna be like, I'll fucking go sit next to the goddamn leatherman. You well, think I want to sit him. next to the goddamn leather? Oh goddamn! I want to smell the leatherman. Smells good. I want to get inside that leather. Just get a big <laughs> whiff. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, oh boy, I'm getting the I'm getting the spins. <laughs> I'm spinning a little I can't over see. here. Can't see. Oh god! <sighs> wow, that's a bad call. He gained fame. Merchants use photos of the leather man to advertise their goods. What, what I guess, goods? I guess if they sold leather, it makes sense. But if it's anything else, it's the craziest shit. But what if it's like, enjoy beef jerky? Fr Frosted flakes. Hey, you know what leather man likes? Beans. <laughs> can of beans. Can of beans. Sandals brought to you by this lunatic. The, look at this nut job. How about some apples? <laughs> How about some apples? <laughs> 
Look at this lunatic. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. How about some apples? Look, a man in a big leather suit. How would you like a hat? <laughs> Tennis rackets. <laughs> Take a look at this terrible man. Mmm, biscuits. <laughs> Gum. Brought to you by this smelly freak. One woman gave Leatherman a brand new pair of boots to wear, but he just took them and cut them up. He gave her back the soles and grunted thanks and wandered off. He just took the leather. He just took the leather. That literally must have been what she said when she walked in the door. He was just dying laughing. He just, what? Thanks. Just like, I'm going to absorb this into my my costume. It'll be part of me. The souls are not... I don't need those. Uh, He had a leather pack, also known as a man purse, I think. Oh, yeah. For sure, I've seen He carried everything he owned, a knife and a hatchet he made himself, a steel pan, scissors, an ice pick, and a French prayer book dated 1844. Hmm. Well, that's something. Mm -hmm. It was assumed by many that the leather man was Roman Catholic. He wore a religious medal and carried the prayer book with him and refused to eat meat on Fridays. Now, I will be having fish. Yes, you're talking to a man who cut the soles out of the shoes. I follow rules. Today, it's tilapia. Yeah, and also probably the Pope was like, is there any way to tell him to stop supporting us? <laughs> please. Please. Please, I beg if of thee. If we could just maybe nip this in the butt a little I bit. I beg of thee. Go give him all the leather. Some people cross the leather man. At the quiet house Whoa. in Plymouth, Connecticut, a camera was hidden behind a bed sheet while he ate. Then the sheet was dropped and a photograph was taken. That was the last time Leatherman stopped at the quiet house. Take that! What is he, elephant man? People feeding me for free. What? <laughs> Just... I don't know which way is up right now. <laughs> the person taking that picture of him or him? One day in Branford, Connecticut, he stopped at Harding's Grocery. He ate a loaf of bread, a pound of milk crackers, a can of sardines, a quarter of a pie, two quarts of coffee, a gill of brandy, and a bottle of beer. When he left, he went down the road a half mile to the Chisney House and ate his usual two-quart meal. What the fuck is happening? He's a fucking... He's... A monster. Like, he, who can eat that? Well, even if you were starving. But that's insane. I don't know if you're starving or you're training. That's like the left side of the menu at Denny's. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. So that, that's what Andre the Giant consumed. <laughs> but he wasn't a large man. He stood 5'7 and weighed 160 pounds. Without the leather. Although, if you're walking 365 miles... You're going to be a little you're be a little, thin, a little thinned down. Uh, even though the people treated Leatherman well, they did not trust him. Some people did not treat him kindly. People would often try to get him drunk and get him to reveal his past secrets. He began to avoid places where he had bad experiences. Okay. But sweet little That happened man. in New Haven. Locals came out of the tavern and decided Leatherman would spill his guts if he had some booze in him. So they held him down and poured alcohol down his throat. Is there not a quicker, like, more friendly route than just literally <laughs> drowning and waterboarding a man in brandy? I don't think so. 
Not maybe just a, be like, hey, Leatherman, Brandy. Not in the 1870s. You just <laughs> get a funnel. Put, but what kind of person gets forced to drink? I mean, you'd be like, oh, I'm shit faced. In the town of Forestville, he was thrown into a horse trough. <laughs> This sounds like some of the shine is coming off the allure of Leatherman. These incidents caused Leatherman to avoid town centers, and he stuck to country roads and train tracks. People became concerned in 1877 when a raw sore appeared on his lip. Newspapers across the area reported on his condition. Jesus. Hear ye, hear ye. Leatherman has a herpes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how E! News started. Leatherman herpes, we have more. The early winter was very cold. The sore was aggravated. The skin on his hands, face, and chest was frostbitten, causing it to become hard and swollen. His skin cracked and oozed blood, but he wouldn't take, take help from anyone. New, no, anyway. He, would, he was like, I'm not. Well, I'm yeah. good. Just give me yeah. some biscuits. <laughs> Just let me become I'm a cold. Fine. Let me become a walking cold sore. You know what? Do you know what a zombie is? We're headed there. <laughs> I'm good. The people on his 34 day route tried to get him to take lodging, but he refused. Children followed him and discovered he was living in caves, setting fires that warmed the rocks. One of the most reported on stories was his arrest in Middletown, Connecticut. Leatherman was taken into custody. By the Connecticut Humane Society. What? So the sore on his mouth could be treated. Ugh, so an examination proved the sore to be cancerous. Ah. Within an hour, he escaped and was back on the move. Escaped? His days were numbered. Did he free any of the other leathermen from their cages? <laughs> he picked up a stove and threw it through the wall. And then all the leather man ran free. <laughs> and that's where there's that song. Look at the leather man run free. Look at the... <laughs> that ratchet was like, no. <laughs> Everyone was amazed when he survived the great blizzard of, night of 1888. Cities were shut down all over the Northeast. All modes of transportation were halted. Hundreds died. Leather man was presumed to be a victim of the storm. But... He had built a makeshift hut in Southington, Connecticut, and weathered the storm. The biggest blizzard of the 19th century only slowed him down by four days. Jesus. Leatherman. Leatherman! On the 9th of December, 1888, he came to the home of James Bernard of North Haven. He was brought to the fire by the family. He was cold and wet. Half of the lower lip on his right side was eaten away. They gave him coffee and milk and cake and pie. He drank six bowls of coffee. Six bowls? Bowls. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a give, loaded... Should we give him a cup? No, give him the stuff the dog eats. No, you, you seen that lip? Oh, no, good God. Look at this fucking... Give him a bowl. Don't Ugh. give him my good mugs. He put a piece of leather over his lip so he could eat. Does... <laughs> did we even... Come explain on! Explain what... <laughs> That even means he put he cuts he's got the sword it's yeah like, so, he, so he puts leather over his lip I mean for fuck's <laughs> sake good lord leather man oh love to be able to talk to him <sighs> he seemed grateful he declined tobacco when he was because his lip had fallen <laughs> off I got I got to feel it's from that um no I'll just keep my leather mouth when he was warm and hadn't eaten enough he got up to go and left on March twenty fourth. 1889, 
Henry Miller brought his fiancée to a cave to show her where Leatherman stayed when he was in the area. He saw the body of Leatherman. Leatherman was dead. That marriage was fucking doomed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is kind of weird, huh? Oh, boy. Uh, I was taking out of here for a little fun thing. Anyway, there's a body. Wanna make out? Oh, was hoping <laughs> to fuck you. The West- fuck feels like it's out of the question a yeah, little right, bit. Yeah, right? I'm not going to get to fuck you, right? I feel like a fuck is possible. The Westchester County coroner said he died of cancer. His death was reported on the front page of the New York Sun and the Hartford Times and many other papers. He was buried in Osanang, New York, in a potter's field. He was not buried in his leather outfit. A simple iron pipe marked his grave. Okay, why wasn't he buried in his leather outfit? Seriously. He, he, I mean, what does he need to put in a fucking will? Yeah. It's pretty clear he's, he's like, happier in leather. I've got, like, one thing that I like to wear. Just fucking let me die and be buried in it. He was pretty clear. In 18- If I walked around my whole life in one suit and you switched suits when I was dead. Yeah. I'd be upset. In 1953, <laughs> someone gave him a used headstone with the name Jules Bugley carved in. Okay, it's a used headstone. That's how Leatherman would have wanted it. And I saw a video of it. So on the front, it says his name, but then on the back, it's someone else's name has like been rubbed off. It's like uh, highlights. You can notice the differences. <laughs> I didn't know you could get it. You said, what happened to the – was the person not using it anymore? Oh, I've been dead so long. Just go ahead and take it. <laughs> that is what does that mean? so fucking true. How Like – what? I don't think. Why are there used headstones? <laughs> There's not a lot of people who are like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You can get rid of that. Yeah, Just I'm use the other. That. It's not loose leaf. Yeah, go ahead and flip it around. Flip it around. You can write on the back. Yeah, flip, flip right on the side. back. Scribble out what was on the other side. The Globe Museum in New York purchased the Leather Man's clothing. The Globe Museum? From who? Who the fuck sold it? <laughs> it's nobody's to sell. It should be in his coffin. The guy who decided that Leatherman didn't want to be buried in his leather <laughs> sold it, Dave. He made a moral decision. The suit was made of heavy pieces of raw leather estimated to have weighed more than 60 pounds Jesus in total. Christ. Holy shit. 300. The fucking back pain. Oh, God. His shoes were made of thick wooden soles nailed to leather. The Globe Museum then dressed a man in the outfit. He ran among the crowds at the museum growling, I am hungry. Give me a child to eat. So so that guy has a terrible job. So his memory was, was secure. That guy's worse than the wild man of Borneo. Um, He's worse than Ufti. I think I want to see them together and I can maybe make a decision. <laughs> I think if I heard Ufti Goofti. Okay, first of all, Ufti had to put on tar. Tar. Horse hair. This guy had to put on a suit <laughs> that a man died in and after I, wearing for 30 years. And the, the Could addition. Could you imagine the, ad- the ball smell from the pants? <laughs> the ball smell from the pants. Also, the addition of give me a baby to eat. It's like, that's not what Leatherman said. <laughs> give me a baby. That's a nice little change. Uh, protests from people who knew the Leatherman caused the museum to stop what is maybe the greatest live show ever. <laughs> uh, the suit has since disappeared. His pictures are still found in family albums. So people took pictures of him and they wow. passed them on. 
And now Leatherman is today. Leather Leatherman are completely different. Today what? Today Leathermen are completely yeah, different. Yeah, no, fair, fair, fair. But <laughs> no his memory's still strong. No one's happy to these days to see a Leatherman show up looking for food. <laughs> Some people are, Dave. Some people are. Hey, you got any apples? <laughs> Do you want to be fucked? Hey, Leatherman here. Got any apples? This is obsession with apples. <laughs> the idea of advertisers getting behind him. <clears throat> knock, knock, Leatherman here. <laughs> How's your asshole? Excuse me? Leather man. Got apples? <laughs> Got any apples? Right. Boy, that's crazy. That's the story of the leather man. <laughs> There's the greatest video which I can post. Yeah, post it. The video is tremendous. It's just, it's like a, from years ago, like a. A reenactment? No, like a guy, like the local Hewington, Connecticut station. And there's like a big bearded guy walking around. And then the leather man. And he was like, oh, he like goes like to different places. Right. And he went to the grocery store. And it's really fucking <laughs> he, awesome. He was obsessed with apples. It was really, it's tremendous. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. That's a smile up. Oh, good smile up. Congrats to everybody. Bye, everybody. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.